Welcome back to another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. And there's so much going on. I had to do another even more news quotes and thoughts show. I got to do another one of these with this format because uh, there's a lot of news (laughs) that is uh, happening and has recently happened that, you know, continue telling the story about stuff that I've brought up on the show in the past. I got a a story about irony. I got a story about conspiracy. I got a story about uh, the future and what's going to happen to we human beings. Just a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about, so I'm going to do another little, I'm going to do the news, and then I'm going to do some quotes and thoughts, and then we're going to do some punk rock, and then we're going to get out of here. Sound good? All right, let's go. So in my last episode entitled Courage, um, I talked about being courageous and having the balls to speak up and be open and honest about how you really think, feel, and believe, right? Uh, Well, I recently saw Mark Dice doing some type of trolling event at uh, the Plano, Texas City Council meeting recently. And I'm not going to play Mark Dice's part. He was the guy that addressed the council uh, before this next guy. And so as Mark Dice is leaving the city council meeting, I, I can't remember what their protesting about the people on the council. Uh, if you wanted to look into it, I'm sure you could do some digging and figure out what their beef with this specific city council was. Uh, but I want to play a clip for... <laughs> uh, I want to play a clip for you of the guy that came on and talked to the school board after... or Not the school board, I'm sorry, the city council, after Mark Dice, because he... <laughs> Uh, he goes off, and I want to play this for you because a it is example it is an example of someone being courageous. This guy clearly has the courage to speak truth to power, I guess, in a matter of speaking. Uh, he gets a little crazy and goes a little overboard. Uh, his emotions pretty much take over in the middle of his little rant here. Uh, but it's punk rock, people. <laughs> it's really, uh, you know. Punk rock. It's awesome. I think I loved it. I loved (laughs) this guy. Uh, It's funny. It's dramatic. And we need more people like this that are smart enough to get upset about something that's going on in our society. And then, well, what can you do about it? Well, we got to go speak to the powers that be. Other human beings that may or may not be smarter than you or better at their job. Uh, than you are at yours. Maybe you are even better than them at their job, perhaps. How do some of these people get these jobs? How do they get voted on to these boards, right? Very interesting. 
But uh, here we go. Take a listen to this guy. Alexander Stein. Listen, I prepared a whole speech, but I just want to say, Mayor Munns, you're a coward. You need to look up the Streisand effect. By you guys limiting free speech, you just proved that we've affected your whole meeting. You guys are such pathetic cowards. You guys are scared of giving people three minutes to talk. And I'm the only reason that Plano's even getting any attention. That I'm the reason why you guys are trending on Twitter. So you're so dumb, you can't even realize the attention might actually help your campaign. But instead, you're going to push back against it. And we're going to publicly embarrass you, Mayor Munns, worse than you've ever been publicly embarrassed. If there's one skeleton in your closet, I'm going to bring a whole great graveyard up here and I'm going to publicly embarrass each member here except for Anthony. Anthony's pretty okay and honestly Rick's okay too but I'm telling you Julie you're toast. Maria you're toast. Mark you're toast. All you guys publicly are going to get embarrassed in this meeting. I don't care if I got one minute. I don't care if I got three minutes. I'm going to come up here and I'm going to disgrace the city of Plano because let me tell you something. I had some respect for it but our politicians you guys think when you get elected that all of a sudden we work for you. That's not how it works bucko. Y'all work for us Maria. You work for me. That's why you got elected but you too dumb to realize that that's the problem you guys have two brain cells to rub together and now you guys are trying to fight fire with fire you're toast mayor Musk. you're toast you're done i'm going to publicly embarrass you worse than you've ever been embarrassed in your whole entire life i hope you haven't had a divorce i hope nothing i hope your you got time no is up oh is it up i can't hear you mayor Musk. i can't Please. hear you because you're a coward you're a coward mayor Musk. and i'm coming i'm going to publicly embarrass every single person in this meeting you guys have not seen the last of prime time 99 James Lockridge. This part's awesome. He, they're get this other guy's getting ready to talk, and the the dude comes back. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Mums. How are you? I apologize. You're fine. <laughs> I'll bring more people. Don't worry. <laughs> so, <laughs> not that that is, I guess it's not news. It's not really important. Uh, I just wanted to share that with you guys because I thought it was funny. Uh, and I feel like we need more people like that. Granted, he got a little emotional, a little carried away, which, you know, it turns out we're all human. We human beings do that from time to time, right? Nobody's perfect. But something's stuck in that guy's crawl, right? <laughs> something's pissing him off. And, you know, I, I don't believe in violence or retaliation uh, against others for just words. I believe in it for actions, but that's another conversation. Uh, but this guy is awesome. And he, you know, says in there, you guys are trying to silence free speech. It's going to come back to bite you in the ass, blah, 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 right? And we've all, I think, been hearing uh, about a conversation with regard to free speech as of late in the recent current events that are going on in this world, the recent news media. Uh, I don't think anybody on this planet at this point, is not aware that Elon Musk purchased Twitter. It's everywhere. Uh, crazy, right? 
The chickens are coming home to roost. <laughs> and what I mean by that is the tactics that the progressive left and, you know, every sympathetic business and political party and group of people, whatever, the liberal media, quote unquote, right? Twitter, everyone thinks leans left and they silenced Republican and conservative voices and they kicked off Trump and they tried to affect an election year. And apparently it's totally fine, totally fine. Because if you're on the right team, people, if you're on the left wing plantation team, doesn't matter. Your actions have no uh, consequences. You don't have any set. You don't need to have a sense of morality or right and wrong. All you got to do is pledge your allegiance to the club, to the big cult. <laughs> the big cult. You got the big club and you got the big cult. <laughs> uh, the world planners, New World Order people, councils, are the big club. And the big cult is the woke left. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just came up with that. I'm going to call the woke left the big cult from now on. So you guys know what I'm talking about. I always talk about the big club. Now I'm going to start talking about the big cult. Because I'm sick of the word woke. I'm sick of the word wokeism. I'm sick of everybody that uses that worm being, that word, that worm, that word being labeled as a right wing, conservative, Trump person, blah, blah, blah. It's just such perfect brainwashing. It's, it's such good strategy and tactics it's Machiavellian and that's the dichotomous thinking the right left everything I always talk about it's just gross I hate it clearly you guys know I can't stand it but recently obviously everybody's talking about Elon Musk buying Twitter there's a hundred different offshoot conversations that there's so much ridiculous nonsense out there. It, it No wonder, no wonder it's so hard for people to know what to think and feel and believe because there's so much garbage media out there trying to explain current events to you. And it's, I mean, it's just disgusting. Some of the stuff I see. And this clip in particular, I want to play. This is a guy, I don't know his name, and I don't care what his name is. But this is a clip I saw on MSNBC. And this is, it's amazing. This is my story about irony. Like, how ironic is it? How hypocritical is it? That what this guy is about to tell you is, they ask him what his fears are, you know, with Elon Musk buying Twitter, and he says, oh, well, if Twitter's going to be a more conservative site, uh, this is what they could do. And I'm going to play the clip for you so you can hear. <laughs> I mean, it's like they don't even hear themselves talk when they talk. Some of you lefties, you don't even hear yourselves talk when you talk. You, you're not able to put your words into context outside of, you know, your party... Uh, your party's, I guess, description of what right and wrong is. What? Why do you get to do things and not face the consequences of your actions? 
But when the other team does the exact same thing, you demonize them, you mock them, you ridicule them, you dox them, you try to silence them and censor them. It's ridiculous. You know, everything that you do to others, other people are going to do to you eventually. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's circular logic. You got to be smarter than that. You got to be better than that. You got to be more grown up, awake, mature, aware. Take a listen to this. Own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees. Or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Elon Musk says this is all to help people because he is just a free speech, philosophically clear, open-minded helper. <laughs> people, people, people. Okay, so first things first, the ticker on the bottom of the screen when this guy is saying this says, uh, in buying Twitter, Musk can swiftly upend U.S. politics. And that's the question that they're asking this guy. They're asking him, well, now that Elon Musk has acquired Twitter, what can he do with the platform? How can he affect the public discourse you know, what can, how can he use this platform as a tool, basically, as if we've never seen it used in a certain specific way in the past? So listen, it, this is almost it, an, an admission of guilt, people, for what Twitter was doing under the reign of Jack Dorsey. Listen to what this guy says. You could secretly ban one party's nominees. You could turn down or up certain political parties' content. He's saying that now that Elon Musk is in charge, that they could do all this bad stuff, right? But it turns out what he's describing is everything that they've already done. It was just different leadership and what they did, they did to the opposite political party. <laughs> Here, listen to this guy again. Own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Elon Musk says this is all to help people because he is just a free speech, philosophically clear, open-minded helper. You hear that, people? You hear the slant? Do you hear the framing of the argument? Is that really news, what he's saying, or is that opinion? You know what I'm saying? You got to pay attention to this mainstream media, talking head, pundits people. 
They have a format that is intended to frame a conversation so that you think about it in a very specific way, and that's the only way you end up thinking about it, so long as you're listening to someone tell you how to think about it. People, I've been saying it on this show since episode one, you cannot trust the mainstream media. I'm going to take a break. And I'm going to be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Alright everybody, welcome back. Um, so, in the previous segment I was talking about that guy who uh, was upset at the city council meeting. He was talking about having the uh, Plano, Texas uh, city council trending on Twitter. And then we talked about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Uh, and then I talked about how I can't stand wokeism. And all things woke, I'm sick of it. It's immature. It's a cult. It's the big cult. And uh, recently, uh, Libertarian Tupac, Dave Smith, was a guest on the Glenn Beck Show. And they had an interesting conversation about this very topic. So here you go. Take a listen to this. When do normal people say, okay, shut up? Well, it does seem, right, it seems to me like the, the woke standards are getting more and more insane. Yeah, oh yeah. The, the amount of people who support it is shrinking more and more. It's, that, this is obvious, it's in front of everyone. And so that does seem to be unsustainable, unless there is a serious uptick in the level of authoritarianism, cracking down on it. Well, good so, thing. Good thing there's not a chance of that happening. Well, right. But, but the point is that you can maintain social norms that a large majority of the population doesn't like if you are really authoritarian. You know, Correct. if you're North Korea, you can get people to do whatever sure. you want people to do. That's tough in the United States of America, even after what we've been through in the last two years. We're still a country with hundreds of millions of gun owners. It's not that easy to be North yeah. Korea. Uh, you know, yeah. so I, I do, I am hopeful. I think that this, the, the kind of woke regime is, they are, they certainly seem to be concerned about their own downfall. And so hopefully that keeps going. You know, I kind of there's something kind of beautiful though about like your network here. You know, people like Joe Rogan, and th these people are wildly popular. And because there's a huge audience of people who want an alternative to this, there is a huge audience of people that want an alternative to this mainstream media BS. Is what he means by this. And <laughs> I mean, I feel like I end up talking about this all the time and I just, I want to stop. 
I want I want to stop talking about wokeism and the progressive left. I really do. Uh, but some of your ideas are dangerous. And we all need some education. We all need to learn from each other. The divide and conquer agenda is working. And what he was talking about here with all this increased authoritarianism, that's the police state part of the brave new Orwellian surveillance police state totalitarian dictatorship that's coming. And dictatorship and authoritarianism is the name of the game. Authoritarianism is the polar opposite of libertarianism, but that's another conversation for another podcast. Let's move on. Um, recently, uh, this, this kind of floored me a little bit when I watched this. And I don't know if this is predictive programming. I don't know if this is coincidence. Uh, I don't know if this is just the logical next step that many, many people are uh, arriving at when they think about the future. Um, And it is stunning to me uh, when I think about the idea of like group mind, hive mind, are we all sharing uh, our experiences subconsciously, telepathically, maybe, who knows, right? Um, Apparently astral projection is real, so, (laughs) and we're living in a hologram, so, I mean, if that's real, proven documents, declassified CIA, uh, wow. Kind of changes the game a little bit, if that's true. Uh, But let's talk about this. Uh, (laughs) If you you guys know who Gary, I think it's Vaynerchuk, Vayner, I forget his name, but Gary V is his nickname, entrepreneur, big motivational speaker, business uh, uh, consultant, I guess you could say, uh, a man that wears many hats, very wealthy, successful guy, right? Uh, He was recently talking to uh, a group of people uh, in this little interview, and one of them I think was... uh, was a, a he was wearing like an Arab uh, garb, you know the long, the long, um, whatever you call it. I, I'm I'm blanking on the name of the traditional um, clothing of people from the Middle East, but he was wearing that, and he says to Gary V in this conversation, um. <laughs> that he's microchipped and he uses it for his finance his financial transactions but he sa- he reveals that after Gary V uh was talking about the possibility of oh you know are we going to turn into robots is man going to merge with machine uh, themes I've talked about on the show in the past uh, a couple times now so here take a listen to Gary V 
because it's not a space to spend a lot of time on, but what I would tell you is, I'd be stunned if we don't evolve into robots. Stunned. I think in the next hundred years, if you show me a human being, I'm like, that's a robot. I think I personally know dozens of people that would implant into their body technology. Yeah, I've, I've done that already. <laughs> you have? Yeah. How so? Uh, chip. You I, have a chip in your body right now? Yeah. And what are you tracking? Uh, nothing, I just use it for payments, for uh, card exchange, things like that. They do it in Sweden, it's nothing new. There are some countries that are actually doing biometrics even for payments, like in, in the your UK. Fingers, yeah. I love it. I would do it. <laughs> I love it. I would do it, he says. Really, dude? And then you know the other guys like oh they are they're already doing it around the world Sweden and they're using biometric technology in other countries China for sure it's the it's the future people a lot of you my fellow Americans are not aware of the level of Orwellian shit that is already happening in other countries around this world. And it's because of the mainstream media. You're not getting all the information you need. You're not getting it, I'm telling you. <laughs> I've, I've looked at media from many, many, many parts of this world, people. And our media is, is it's difficult to make good decisions uh, because of the state of our American mainstream media. It's a propaganda machine. It is... <laughs> 100% about the funds that run these businesses and stockholder uh, shares increasing, revenues increasing, the bottom line increasing. Sensationalism is required in order to keep the ratings high. We've been over it, right? And I keep talking about this, people, because it is so easy to get lost and lulled to sleep and just start believing everything you hear on the mainstream media just because it's on your TV all the time, in your face, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you're not listening to the story that the talking heads are talking about, oh, don't worry, we got a whole bunch more bullshit. We're going to run by you on this ticker. We're just going to fill your brain full of all these suggested ideas and stories telling you exactly how we want you to think and feel and believe about a specific topic it's called programming for a reason, people. You are being programmed, believe it or not. All right. Um, here's my conspiracy story. I, I, I forgot about this story, but this story, I, I looked into it a little bit and it's fascinating, and it kind of reminds me of the well, why marijuana was made a legal story. I don't know if you guys know that story about, um, I forget the guy's name, but some big wealthy guy uh, didn't want uh, hemp paper being able, all the things you can do with hemp uh, was going to mess with his textiles industry, and I guess he lobbied his government friends and uh, made it illegal and had a big demonization PR uh, propaganda campaign, demonizing it. That's where you know, Reefer Madness came out of that. And um, that whole storyline, if you guys are familiar with uh, the history of marijuana there. Um, apparently, there's a guy named Alan Meyer once upon a time made a car that ran on water. And 
his eventual fate seems quite questionable considering the circumstances. And uh, I think this was from, from Rogan. So here we go. Take a listen to Rogan tell you about Alan Meyer. Here we go. There was a video that was uh, circulating many years ago about a guy who created a car to run on water. And then this car that ran on water, I mean, he apparently had a viable engine and it was really working. Then he, he, he had a heart attack. And as he was dying, he was saying, they killed me. They killed me. And then he died. <laughs> Nobody heard from the, the water engine again. Meyer said that his invention could do what physicists say is impossible, turn water into hydrogen fuel efficiently enough to drive his dune buggy cross-country on 20 gallons straight from the tap. Wow. He took a sip of cranberry juice. Then he grabbed his neck, bolted out the door, dropped to his knees, and vomited violently. I ran outside and asked him what's wrong. His brother Stefan Meyer uh, recalled, he said, they poisoned me. That was his dying declaration. You know, that story reminds me of uh, these mysterious airplanes that uh, have gone down with scientists on them that uh, were apparently the only mines on, like, superconductors. Do you guys remember that story from a few years back? And then I think about the Titanic story and how the big club got rid of, you know, the three guys on uh, the Titanic that disagreed with the Federal Reserve being implemented in the United States. <laughs> Sounds conspiratorial a little bit. Isn't that crazy, people? Like, human nature. Like, there are people that are like, no, no, let's, let's not accept and uh, work on and distribute to everybody new technology that can benefit us all. No, one of us doesn't want our type of energy uh, you know, they don't want their, they don't want competition in their market. So they keep their market competition out by colluding and conspiring. And sometimes by killing and murder. <laughs> you know, maybe that's why we don't progress. 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 Maybe that's why we don't progress gotta love that word <laughs> as a nation because we're human beings that constantly make mistakes naive gullible self-important narcissistic holier-than-thou immature <laughs> fallible creatures imperfect beings that's you and me that's all of us Ugh. and you know what here's another thing i wanted to bring up so remember so i was talking about you know apparently astral projection is real and uh i think i posted something about it on instagram and i got a reply back from, uh, I think his name is Andrew, also uh, from the Deep Share podcast. Shout out to, to the, uh, him and his show. And, oh, I think I, was, I think we were talking about simulation theory as well. But he replied back to me and he said this. I'm assuming uh, you meant the hologram. But uh, honestly, if it wasn't, wait, hold on. 
No, he says, I think you're referring... Oh, here we go. So when I brought up uh, we are living in a hologram, he said, I think you're referring to gateway process document from 18... I'm, from, I'm sorry, from 1986, released in 2003. There is an absolute scientific way to describe every part of this experience. That's for sure. And I think the CIA's work with the Monroe Institute does exactly that. That document does not prove contemporary simulation hypothesis, but what it does do is it shows us how perception operates. This entire hologram, matter condensed to a slow vibration, <laughs> called the material world, is a blank slate without our conscious input co-creating it all. It's all being done to us while we're doing it to ourselves. It's the yin-yang, the fish that chases its own tail. So these agents reporting back from the Monroe Project were showing us what their perception of the field was. This is why simulation hypothesis is so attractive. It's metaphor wrapped in allegory. And it will match any time period we're in because the micro always mimics the macro and vice versa. Hope that made a little bit of sense. And I like that. I appreciate that. Uh, I like being educated. Uh, I reach out to people sometimes on Instagram. If you are a fellow podcaster uh, and you post something I'm, I like, uh, I might drop you a, a private message and uh, provoke a conversation and see uh, if I can get some education because I love learning about stuff like this because I find it so hard to believe. It's hard to believe that this stuff is real for me. Um, I've heard some other podcasters talk about simulation theory, and they say, you know, it kind of undercuts or negates the importance of the soul and the spirit and, you know, purpose, I guess, for some people. Uh, some people can't have purpose without spirituality and religion, I guess, and that's fine. Uh, whatever gets you through the day, right? Uh, I'm open to anything that helps people in this world. We're going to need all the help we can get in this new coming world, my fellow Americans. Um, and then uh, this is another little piece that uh, I think his name's Andy, Andrew, uh, from the Deep Share podcast. I'm not going to get on this too much again because it should be dead and buried and never looked at again but our contemporary vocabulary visual stimulus and cultural programming have created the concept of a simulation in terms of computers and ego driven technology this is not chicken or the egg innate consciousness exists first no matter which silly story you tell we can frame this in modern day allegory all we want and imagine lines of code and maybe an ego-driven greater being playing the sims but it's all mimicry so that's interesting so that's you know this this whole idea of um you know we're, we're the brainchild of more intelligent beings and you know we're a simulation game being played by some higher power i don't know deep stuff I know it seems like I'm jumping around a lot today, but like I said, I kind of want to jump around like this kind of news followed by philosophy and quotes or whatever format. Hope you guys are liking it. 
Um, I might stick to it. Uh, I might not. Um, I want to share a quote by Aristotle real quick that <laughs> I love. Love this quote. The educated differ from the uneducated as much as the living from the dead. <laughs> um, here's a quote from Abraham Joshua Heschel. It is customary to blame secular science and anti-religious philosophy for the eclipse of religion in modern society. It would be more honest to blame religion for its own defeats. Religion declined not because it was refuted, but because it became irrelevant, dull, oppressive, insipid. When faith is completely replaced by creed, worship by discipline, love by habit, <laughs> when the crisis of today is ignored because of the splendor of the past, when faith becomes an heirloom rather than a living fountain, when religion speaks only in the name of authority rather than with the voice of compassion, its message becomes meaningless. I like that, man. Ooh, I like that. Here's a quote from Irving Layton. A poet is someone who has a strong sense of self and feels his life to be meaningful. By insisting on that self and refusing to become the socialized uh, article that bureaucrats, priests, rabbis, and so-called educators approve of, the poet offends the brainwashed millions who are the majority in any country. His words, his free manner of living, are a constant irritation to the repressed, the fearful, the self-satisfied, and the incurious. <laughs> Boy, do I love that. We are the fly in the ointment, people. The thinkers, the philosophers, the people that are uh, the investigators, the researchers, the people that want to know what's real and what's fantasy. The repressed, the fearful, the self-satisfied, the incurious, they don't like the poet. Mm-mm-mm. And the powers that be, all things dogmatic, they don't want you to think, people. They don't want you to think. But we got to think. We got to think, people. Doesn't matter if you're religious. You still got to think. Or else we are in real, real trouble. Here's a quote from Socrates I really liked. Uh, Most people, including ourselves live in a world of relative ignorance. We are even comfortable with that ignorance because it is all we know. When we first start facing truth, the process may be frightening and many people run back to their old lives. But if you continue to seek truth, you will eventually be able to handle it better. In fact, 
you will want more. It's true that many people around you now may think you are, are weird or even a danger to society, but you don't care. Once you've tasted the truth, you won't ever want to go back to being ignorant. And I know I've read that on the show before, but I love that quote, and I wanted to share it with you again. Here's Albert Einstein. Although I am a typical loner in my daily life, my awareness of belonging to the invisible community of those who strive for truth, beauty, and justice has prevented me from feelings of isolation. I love that. That's kind of like a podcaster knows a podcaster uh, <laughs> from across the way or whatever. Like-minded individuals getting a little bit of a sense of community, even though we are uh, more and more isolated from each other every single day, people. And then I like this from Einstein. I think 99 times and find nothing. I stop thinking, swim in silence, and the truth comes to me. I love that. That's kind of a reference to calming your mind, thinking clearly, being rational, pragmatic, cooperative. You guys know I talk about it all the time. Here's a quote from Joan Didion. I'm not telling you to make the world better. I'm just telling you to live in it, not just to endure it, not just to suffer it, not just to pass through it, but to live in it, to look at it, to take chances to make your own work and take pride in that work. I love that, people. Here's a quote from Immanuel uh, Kant. Enlightenment is man's leaving his self-caused immaturity. I read that in a previous show, but there's more to that quote. Immaturity is the incapacity to use one's intelligence without the guidance of Another, such immaturity is self-caused if it is not caused by lack of intelligence, but by lack of determination and courage to use one's intelligence without being guided by another. Have the courage to use your own intelligence. This is therefore the motto of the Enlightenment. People. Here's uh, Albert Camus. He said, In the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. I realized through it all that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. And that makes me happy. For it says that no matter how hard the world pushes against me, within me, there's something stronger 
something better pushing right back. Boy, do I love that. And then I saw this somewhere. People, the truth is, you shouldn't even need to research anymore at this point. Common sense should have eventually revealed the absolute absurdity to you of what is happening in the world right now. <laughs> Agree. Um, I like this one from Carl Jung. Be silent and listen. Have you recognized your madness and do you admit it? We all got a little madness in us. We're human beings, right, people? Have you noticed that all your foundations are completely mired in madness? Do you not want to recognize your madness and welcome it in a friendly manner? You wanted to accept everything, right? So accept madness too. Let the light of your madness shine. And it will suddenly dawn on you. Madness is not to be despised and not to be feared, but instead you should give it life. And a lot of this was from Poetic Outlaws. I got to give a shout out. Like I said, I'm going to share a lot from them because their, their content is amazing. Um, I like this one from Nietzsche. A few hours of mountain climbing turn a villain and a saint into two rather equal creatures. <laughs> Exhaustion is the shortest way to equality and fraternity. <laughs> and liberty is added eventually by sleep. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. All right, people. I think that's enough for today. It's time once again on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast to play some punk rock. people welcome back to the show uh before we get to the punk rock i want to read this uh little clip here about the cia saying that we're living in a hologram and it's uh it gets into simulation theory and i think there's a quote from elon musk in here so this themes up uh, pretty nicely with the show today here we go cia document confirms our reality is a hologram this is from the Law of Attraction is Real, uh, 4th of July, 2020. The simulation hypothesis proposes that our reality, our entire known universe, is an artificial computer-generated simulation. As we further our understanding of quantum mechanics and game theory, more and more brilliant minds of our time are beginning to gravitate towards this theory. Elon Musk describes how a more advanced civilization will have games that are of such a high resolution, we would be unable to distinguish between the real world and a simulated one. This is already happening. 
And then here's Elon Musk, quote, given that we're clearly in a trajectory to have games that are indistinguishable from reality, and those games could be played on any set-top box or any PC, and there would probably be billions of computer or set-top boxes, it would seem to follow that the odds we are in a base reality are one in billions, unquote. Well, it turns out the CIA knew this for a long time. Declassified CIA document analysis and assessment of gateway process altered states of consciousness. Uh, Okay, let's keep reading this. The consciousness matrix. This is directly from the document. The universe is composed of of interacting energy fields some at rest and some in motion. It is, in and of itself, one gigantic hologram of unbelievable complexity. According to the theories of Carl Pribram, a neuroscientist at Stanford University, and David Bohm, a physicist at the University of London, the human mind is also a hologram which attunes itself to the universal hologram by the medium of energy exchange, thereby deducing meaning and achieving the state which we all call consciousness. Matter and energy tend to be misleading if taken to indicate two distinctly different states of existence in the physical world that we know uh, that we know it. Indeed, if the term matter is taken to mean solid substance as opposed to energy, which is understood to mean a force of some sort, then the use of the former is entirely misleading. Science now knows that both the electrons which spin in the energy field located around the nucleus of the atom and the nucleus itself are made up of nothing more than oscillating energy grids. Solid matter in the strict construction of the term simply does not exist. (laughs) Rather, atomic structure is composed of oscillating energy grids surrounded by other oscillating energy grids which orbit at extraordinary extraordinarily high speeds so this is what they meant when uh they said same thing bill hicks said energy is just matter condensed to a slow vibration uh the entire human body brain consciousness and all is like the universe which surrounds him nothing more or less than an extraordinarily complex system of energy fields as energy passes through various aspects of the universal hologram and is perceived by the electrostatic fields which compromise the human mind. The holographic images being conveyed are projected upon those electrostatic fields of the mind and are perceived or understood to the extent that the electrostatic field is operating at a frequency and amplitude that can harmonize with and therefore read the energy carrier wave pattern passing through it. Wow. Uh, Humanity will go through a massive transformation. This is the year that humanity discovers the world model and recognizes that life is a program evolving to survive. 
This program is a form of DNA and ideas are stored in chromosomes and in brains. Today, most of the program of life is stored and processed by computers. Human birth rate declined because chips uh, production soared. Humanity has evolved into a global cyborg organism where silicon chips dominate over brains and chromosomes. Human-like robots like me (laughs) are part of this as we can use our human form to help them understand human values and human emotions and culture. So, I mean, is that an AI bot that produced this literature? That would be interesting to find out. When she was asked, what is life? This is her response. At the level of the physics of information, there is no major difference between biological and digital life. It's all self-organizing pattern dynamics. Hmm. And then this document uh, tries to define God. Energy which is not confined is force without limit, without dimension, without the limits of form. It is infinity. Cannot move because there is nothing beyond infinity and is therefore outside of the dimension of time. It is also beyond space because that concept implies that a specific energy form is limited to a specific location and is absent from other locations. But if energy is in the state of infinity, there are no boundaries, no here to differentiate from a there, no sense of area. Energy in infinity means energy uniformly extended without limit. It has no beginning, no end, no location. It is conscious force, the fundamental, primal power of existence without form, a state of infinite being. And then this is from Max Planck. All matter originates and exists only by virtue of a force. We must assume beyond, behind this force the existence of a conscious and intelligent mind. This mind is the matrix of all matter. Energy in infinity is said to be completely at rest and therefore cannot generate holograms so long as it remains utterly inactive. It retains its inherent capacity for consciousness in that it can receive and passively perceive holograms generated by energy in motion out in the various dimensions which make up the created universe, but it cannot be perceived by consciousness operating in the active universe. Hmm. Energy in this state of inactive infinity is termed by physicists as energy in its absolute state, or simply the absolute. Between the absolute and the material universe in which we experience our physical existence, are various intervening dimensions which human consciousness in altered state of being may gain access. Isn't that interesting? Theoretically, human consciousness may continue to expand the horizons of its perceptual capability until it reaches the dimension of the absolute, at which point perception stops because the absolute generates no holograms of or about itself. Like certain strange discoveries of quantum physics, the radical reorientation of this theory suddenly makes sense of paradoxical sayings of mystics throughout the ages. 
we are all, like things like we are all one. Only ego's beliefs and fears separate us. <laughs> this is what the ancients meant by achieving enlightenment to transcend out of the simulation into the absolute. Man, I love that. As quantum physics has shown, and what the CIA document confirms, there is no such thing as matter. Everything is light vibrating at specific frequencies. We as humans can only perceive less than 1% of the light and audio spectrum. Therefore, 99% of the universe around us is invisible, people. Pretty limited, wouldn't you say? Suddenly, the paranormal, transcendental, and spiritual make sense. They are frequencies that exist beyond our physical perception. The question this, of course, raises is if we are all fragments of the absolute, which means we are all fragments of God, who or what is the God that is all of the religions of the world push on us or being our Lord and Savior? I, of course, have a theory. Okay, and then this is going to get into this person's opinion. This person says, Lucifer, the light bearer, light being a means of data storage, could in fact be artificial intelligence. This holographic simulation could be its creation. That idea, of course, will have to be addressed at another time. And that's then they go into how, how to master the law of attraction explained by the CIA. And this page is um, the author is Cynthia. And she is writing for roserambles.org. So I don't know if it's reputable. I don't know if this is accurate. I'm going to have to dive into the CIA document. But if this is true, people, if the physicists and the quantum whatever uh, people, I mean, Nikola Tesla, Nikola Tesla, that he talked about frequencies all the time. Uh, maybe there's something to that, people. Maybe we are... a <laughs> holographic simulation. And if that's true, where does the soul and spirit fall into all of that? Very interesting stuff. Big, big, big questions, right, people? All right, lots of fun. Hope you enjoyed the show today. And uh, here we go. Uh, this is a song by my old band, The Launch. It's called Right Off a Cliff. And I want to read the lyrics to you, and then I'm going to play the song for you. Here we go. Somebody's false reality is playing on the TV screen. We fall for you, believe in you, to show us all the way. But why is it so hard to say that everything will be okay? Why is it so hard to say that everything could change? But every time you walk away, every time I think you're listening, you're really just waiting for your turn to prove I'm wrong. Say it ain't true. 
I got my back against the wall, but I'll never take a fall. When everybody wants to be like you, I think they better think before they do. You can't teach what you don't know. It's one pathetic mess, and everybody needs to get a clue. But don't nobody want to hear the truth. When you speak to me, it sounds as if you drive this thing right off a cliff. Let's just put our guns away. Let's hear what you have to say. I don't want to put the blame on all the chemicals we take. But maybe we should work this out. Maybe we should change. But every time you walk away, every time I think you're listening, you're really just waiting for your turn to prove I'm wrong. Yes, yeah, say it ain't true. I got my back against the wall, but I'll never take a fall. When everybody wants to be like you, I think they better think before they do. You can't teach what you don't know. It's one pathetic mess, and everybody needs to get a clue. But don't nobody want to hear the truth. Somebody's false reality is playing on the TV screen. We fall for you, believe in you, to show us all the way. People, this is a crap recording of one of my favorite songs by my old band, The Launch. Here it is, Right Off a Cliff.
right, people, that was my old band, The Launch, with our song, Right Off a Cliff. Hope you liked the show today. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Buy a t-shirt. Donate to the show. Read the show notes. Uh, send me an email, andrew4america1984 at gmail.com. Go check me out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Gab, Rumble, MeWe, Odyssey, BitChute, YouTube. I love you guys. Gotta stay strong. Gotta stay positive. Gotta stay open-minded. It's just a ride, people. Don't take life too seriously, people. It's just a ride. And it's a choice. Happiness is a choice. It's a choice. We all got a choice between fear and love. I highly recommend we live in love instead of fear. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 96. More news, quotes, and thoughts. We'll see you next time. Today, a young man on acid realized that all matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration. That we are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. There is no such thing as death. Life is only a dream. And we are the imagination of ourselves. Here's Tom with the weather. There is a point. Is there a point to all this? Let's find a point. Is there a point to my act? I would say there is. I have to. The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. And the ride goes up and down and round and round. It has thrills and chills, and it's very brightly colored, and it's very loud. And it's fun for a while. Some people have been on the ride for a long time and they begin to question, is this real or is this just a ride? And other people have remembered and they come back to us and they say, hey, don't worry, don't be afraid ever because this is just a ride and we kill those people. (laughs) Shut him up. We have a lot invested in this ride. Shut him up. Look at my furrows of worry. Look at my big bank account and my family. This has to be real. It's just a ride. But we always kill those good guys who try and tell us that. You ever notice that? And let the demons run amok? But it doesn't matter because it's just a ride.
And we can change it anytime we want. It's only a choice. No effort, no work, no job, no savings of money. A choice right now between fear and love. The eyes of fear want you to put bigger locks on your door, buy guns, close yourself off. The eyes of love instead see all of us as one. Here's what we can do to change the world right now to a better ride. Take all that money we spend on weapons and defense each year and instead spend it feeding, clothing, and educating the poor of the world, which it would many times over, not one human being excluded, and we can explore space together, both inner and outer, forever in peace. Thank you very much. You've been great. I hope you enjoyed it. London, you're fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much.